There is nothing, absolutely nothing, like being able to serve yourself food when you need it. And that's what On Demand is about. You get to sit down at the Word of God when you can, when you're off work, when you have free time, and allow God to speak to you. So you're here with me today to have an On Demand journey. So join me today for a message that will unlock truth in your life and give you peace and blessing, I pray in Jesus' name. Enjoy today's message. I want to um, take you on a journey today that is... um, it's, it's a good journey. It really is. It's one of those um, really amazing journeys. Lift your hand with me, please, and make this declaration. Say, in the name of Jesus, when I finish hearing this sermon, I will not be confused. Amen. Do you, do you, do you, how many of you today need some clarity? I like this message today. Would you repeat this message with me, please? Would you say with me, please? Say four strategies to build your dreams for the future. There are certain things you can do in life that can help you have a better outcome. There is a a formula. There is a tactic, tool that can push your life in the wrong direction and is one that can push it in the right direction. But the key is knowing what those are. There are four things this month we're going to talk about. We're going to read Matthew chapter 20 in a moment. But there are four things that I believe this text in Matthew 20 teaches you. If you want to build your dreams for a better future, number one, repeat it with me, please say, don't work alone. Say, don't be confused, don't be naive, and don't be peer pressured. Don't let people pressure you. Don't let your peers pressure you in the wrong direction. Don't be a naive person. Don't be a confused person, and don't isolate yourself. All four of those can have a negative impact on your ability to build the kind of future you want. You can dream all you want. But if you work alone, you will never be able to get far. It just doesn't work. You don't know enough. You don't have enough insight to do it all alone. If you're the kind of person who is confused, you'll spend your life in circles, spinning around, back and forth, up and down, frustrated, and you'll make bad decisions. If you're naive, you're easily tricked by peers, by friends. They'll push you in directions, and sometimes they don't mean any harm, They just think getting high is the best thing around. And they'll convince you that what you need to do is come sleep with me tonight. Don't worry about nine months later. Don't worry about nothing. Just this love is tonight, baby. This is all that matters. You can have peers, people in your life, who will pull you in directions that are unhealthy for you long term. They mean well. I'm not saying they're bad people. You got to be clear about this. But their philosophy of life is not the best choice for you. Not really. And so what I want to do is take you to Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. Watch as some guys bring their mom to a conversation and watch all these lessons unfold in front of you. It says in Matthew chapter 20, verse 20, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, What do you wish? She said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, you do not know what you ask. Read that with me, please. Come on. 
It's hard to hear that, right? It's hard for somebody to tell you. You don't know what you're talking about. You have no clue what you're asking for. Are you able? That is the big question of the day. I want to go to college. I want to graduate. But are you able? I want to go into business, but are you able to manage staff? I want to. I want to. I want to. But are you able? That's the question. And that's the question some of you are asking right now. Ken, I don't know if I can do this. Am I able to hang in this job or hang with these people or hang in this relationship? Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, we are able. Now, please notice, Jesus said, I am already drinking some stuff, swallowing some things. I am being baptized or immersed. That's what the word baptism means. He said dip. He says, I am being immersed in some things right now. I'm already experiencing it. Can you do what I'm doing? Are you able to handle what I'm able to handle? Big question. Their response is profound. We are able. Say that with me, please. Come on. We are able. These guys are like, yeah, we're in the fight, man. Bring it on. We are able, verse 23 of Matthew 20. So he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with, but to sit on my right hand and on my left hand, sorry, guys, it's not mine to give, but it's for those for whom it is prepared by my Father. Now, let's be clear. These are guys who have a certain expectation. The expectation is that Jesus is going to establish a physical kingdom. That's what they thought. As a matter of fact, in Acts chapter 1, verse 6 through 7, this is stated when Jesus is going up in the cloud, and they're standing there, and here's what they say. Therefore, when they had come together, and they, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. They thought that surely a guy that can can heal people, can kill people. Surely that Jesus had the power to take over if he wanted to. And so when they saw him leaving, they were astonished and said, how in the world and what in the world? And explain, please, what you're doing. And so these are men who in this text in Matthew 20 are assuming that a physical kingdom is going to be established and they want to be at the top of the leadership uh, authority. But they were wrong. They were off by several thousand years. That was not the Lord's plan at all. He still has not established a physical kingdom. Revelation chapter 19 says he will. But that's not what happens really in chapter 19 and chapter 20 of Revelations says that he will. But that's not what he's about to do now. He felt the most important thing was to save their souls, not establish a kingdom. And so that's the plan. That's the dream. And these guys are now in the middle of a moment where they have to have this confusion cleared up because they really are confused. They really don't even know the plan yet. In Matthew 20, they don't know the plan. In Acts chapter 1, they find out. Have you ever had a moment in life when you thought God was going to do one thing and he did something else? You ever thought back, look back in your life, and you, you, you were really confused? Let's talk about that for a second. Tell me something you were confused about. Be brief now. I was confused about what? Money. Oh, that was quick. Money. Tell me nothing. I was confused about marriage. I heard that slide out, marriage. 
Raise your hand. Let me commit your life. Yes. Job. Confused. You thought you knew. You thought you understood. Give me another one. You were confused about. Raise your hand high. A degree? All right. What are you going to say? School. Uh-huh. I'm going to be a, right? And I'm going to major in. <laughs> it's a whole nother level. Yes. Raising children. Say that with class. Raising children. Somebody else. Some of you were confused about. Now you know what you were confused about. Financial planning. Seems easy on paper, doesn't it? Going to save this. Going to put this aside. Going to invest in this. Going to get 10% return. Going to be nothing. Stock market's never going to go down. Things going to always rise. Mm-hmm. Yes, you were confused about? Your real friends. That's a new one. Your real friends. You don't find out till you, till you live a while. Yes. Your health. Amazing, isn't it? All, you're fine one minute, and all of a sudden, <laughs> there you go. Got a little problem. Give me one more. Yes. Getting older, aging with class. Man. You know, it's funny. When I say I'm 61, I have to think about that. Because when I say it around certain people, they go, wow. <laughs> I don't like that, to be honest with you. And you know what else? You know what I don't, I like and kind of don't like? I like, but kind of don't like. It's okay. You know, if I hear this, I, I mean, I'd rather you say this than something else. You look really good for your age. <laughs> you know, if you just say you look good for your age, don't go, you look really, I mean, just don't, don't emphasize it too much. Don't, don't go overboard. You know what I mean? Okay, go ahead. Go more. Yes. Purpose. You said purpose, right? Yeah. What is my purpose? Sometimes you can be confused. And so these guys are confused. So the question is, how does Jesus get them from here to there? How do you clear up the confusion? You talk to them. Watch what he does. It's amazing. Now, I love this part because what he's going to do is show me three things that uh, did not confuse the disciples. And then you're going to see two things that, that were clear, clear about. First of all, first of all, James and John were not confused about the need to, to work together. They came with their mother. It was a, I like that part. They were not confused about that. We need to work as a team. And mama's going to be the spokesman. Let the best one speak. Whoever it is. It says, mama, go for it, mama. Well, you know, you could say, man, be a man. Stand up, speak for yourself. No, mama, you do it. James and John both agree. She must have been some kind of spokesman. Secondly, they were not confused about who to talk to about their dream. They didn't go to just anybody. What gets you in trouble is you let everybody know. <laughs> you're, going, <laughs> you're going to the wrong people. For counseling, we talked about that last week. Jeroboam did that. Went to the wrong people. I mean, Rehoboam, I'm sorry. Rehoboam, uh, son, son, Solomon's son. Went to the wrong people to ask their advice. Th those were not the people in 1 Kings chapter 12 who should have advised him. But he listened to the wrong crew. Thirdly, they were clear about the importance of responding to good advice. I love the fact that in verse 22 they said, we are able. Say it again. Come on. You, sometimes you need to speak up. There are times in your life when you need, you need to say something. Acknowledge the new direction. Acknowledge what you're being told. They didn't just listen to Jesus. They responded to him. And I'm telling you, it's so easy sometimes to just grow silent and to not comment. And to just, you know, and the Lord, what do you want? He asked them, what do you want? When people come to me, I always tell them, just tell me what you want to be. You want to be a pastor? Say it. You want to be a whatever you want to be? Say it. You ready on the count of three? I want you to say what you want to be. One, two, three. See, you didn't say it. I heard retired. I heard that already. I heard that up front. 
<laughs> I was glad. I like that, right? One, two, three. What do you want to be? Yeah, wait a minute. Say it. I want to be married. I want to be, I don't say single if you're married. Watch I want to be, <laughs> so let me say, I want to be single. I'm married. I want to be single. Jesus, I speak it. God help us. There's something about being clear, though, and these guys were clear about what they wanted. I want to be on your right hand and left hand. And, and I love the fact that, watch this now, Jesus did not have a problem with it. Jesus didn't have a problem with them coming. And there are two things I want to mention here that they were, they were not clear about. They were not clear about the cost for their dreams. Jesus was, but they were not. This is going to cost more than they knew. Some things in their future would be hard to swallow. And some things in their future would immerse them. They would be pushed under. It would be like drowning. <laughs> Raising children, honest to God, as much as I love them, it's like being drowned. In, in, in emotion, fear. Man, when, when they tell you, they're supposed to be home at a certain time and they're not home. Kids, that's wicked. You're just being wicked. You need to call and say where you are. It's not fair. They're up working. Well, they out of, I'm grown. Listen, where do you live? All I need you to do is tell me where you are so I'm not worried about it. So that's all I want. That's fair. And if you're going to, his, his, here is uh, famous words of my son. You ready? Okay, dude, I need you to be home 1 o'clock, man. Okay. Or 12, whatever time it was. You ain't home. 12 or 1. 12, 15. Hey, Rick, where you at, man? Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Is it already 12, 15? Wow. Well, man, I tell you time get away, daddy. I said, brother, man, now we talked about this, Okay. All right, so do me a favor. You need to head on back. Well, man, it's just getting good now. <laughs> now, you and I have a problem, sir. We need to go, you know. And it's always a negotiation. You know, Christina's not far behind that, you know. I ain't going to even start with her, you know. <laughs> Girls are always special. And, I, you know, and there's just that moment where you sit there and you say, will not you, you know, they figured it out. They got, they got better over time. But, but there's something about, about what it costs emotionally. It, it, there's an emotional weight. But I don't know why I need to flip this, but let me just flip this around for a second because I need to say something. Do you, do you know what it costs your kids to be your kid? Oh, you don't know that. Oh, that you don't want to flip that coin. You just want to. Talk about your side. You're grumpy. You cuss at them. You threaten their life. You tell them how poor they are. You ain't got a job. You don't have a place to stay. You are a guest. I can put you out tomorrow. You know that. I have no legal obligation to support you. You do understand that this is a gift. Every piece of grits you eat is a gift from me to you. Give me one piece of those grits back. You don't have to have that. See, now you have less because of me. Watch this. Now you have more because of me. It's all because of me. What's that like? What does that cost emotionally? Oh, Jesus. Man. What is it, what is it like to be yelled at? Get him out of bed! 
I know they need to get up. I know they're being a little bit ghetto right about now. I know that, but, but the, the approach. I know you're mad. I know you got to get out the door. I understand that. Must you talk about all I've done wrong? Must you tell everybody I failed? Must you marshal me in front of your friends and, and hear you on the phone telling about all my flaws? Must I, must I live in the shame of my past? That every time you talk to me, you bring up what I did wrong. What does that cost me emotionally? I'm sorry, that's free. Some things Jesus said would cost you, and, and they were not clear about it. And he said, I want you to be clear. I want you to be clear about the price tag for your dream. Then there's something he said, too which was a, a bit of a switch when he said, okay, I know you want some things, but I just can't give you some things. It's only for those for whom it's been prepared. And otherwise, you're not authorized to have everything. They were not clear about the authorization process. In order to have certain levels of blessing, there are certain things you have to do. My wife did this little cute thing with my grandbaby. She um, was taking a tree down and... Um, and so I wasn't home. The kids were all there, and they helped her take the tree down. And Milani was helping her, and Diane had this little theme called blessings. Milani, when you do what you're supposed to do, you get blessings. And she was vacuuming the floor. I'm going to get blessings, Grandmama? Yeah, I'm, you're going to get blessings. And that's all I could hear on the phone. Blessings! I'm going to get blessings. <laughs> I don't know what Diane gave her. A popsicle was a real trade-off, you know, popsicle for helping with the tree, whatever. But there's something about understanding you don't get certain things unless you go through certain things. You're not authorized to make the kind of money you want to make. Not yet. You're not authorized to have that kind of man or that kind of woman or that kind of privilege or that kind of freedom. There's an authorization process. You can ask for it. You guys are asking me to give you this authority, but I'm sorry. This level of opportunity is not just given to people who pray. You can't just say, Father, in Jesus' name, give me a $100,000 salary. I'm sorry, just not qualified for that yet. The authorization is specific. It's for whom it's been prepared. I think that was incredible, which brings me to the closing thought here. Three questions that can bring clarity to your life. Okay, they can help you with this whole process. Number one, who are you, what are you qualified and authorized to do? Say that with me, please. So what am I? qualified and authorized to do? That's the question. So I'm asking, I'm asking Jesus for something, and he's listening to my sincere desire, but he says, you're not honest enough for that. If I put you around a bunch of women, you're going to want to sleep with all of them, so no. You're not safe. Sister girl, you know you're not safe. You know you be looking at him and your mind be going all over the place. You know. You know yourself. You know you're manipulative. You know. You're not authorized. There's certain, there certain places God will say, I will ban you from having that person or this opportunity because I do not want you that close to anything that I don't want destroyed. Churches are not authorized to grow. I believe God says I will not send another person in there. 
I will not send one more person for you to damage and one more person for you to abuse. I will not, I will not send another person for you to stop their, take their money from them and drain them dry and then move on to the next person. I won't send anybody in there. It will never grow. It's unauthorized. You know, in Revelations chapter 1, he says, I will remove your church or your candlestick. That's what he called a church. I will remove it. I will. Sometimes the question is, will God trust you with somebody else to love? Because of the way you treat people that you do, quote, love. Will he trust? Why would he trust you? It was, it was a, a person that I was talking to, and it was amazing. I, they, they had this moment, and they decided to, and I've had this a few times, you know, where they just want to tear you off. They just want to say something to you that's really mean. And I just kind of look at them like, really? Like, okay, so I have to stay here? Click the switch. I don't have to authorize you to be in my life. I don't have to authorize, I, look, I can just say click. I don't have to. I don't have to. There's something, whoo, Jesus, that's my, that's my calming moment. Calm down, Temple, calm down. Some of you say, oh, I know what he's doing, now he's calming down. Mm, Jesus. I, I went someplace to preach once, and they were awful. I was supposed to be there for three, four days. I went one day. How many days did I go? And I told the pastor, this is my last night. I said, I'm going to come back tomorrow night, but I'm not coming back again. This is it. I said, I love y'all, but this ain't going to work. This is all, it was awful. That's what happened. Everything that shouldn't happen, it was just awful. So I couldn't, I knew God didn't want me to stay there no four nights. I, I, I told the Lord, I apologize, I repent. I should have told <laughs> I don't care what you think about it. You need to go there and do that. I'm not going to do it anyway. So I remember, and it wasn't but 40 people there. It's 45 people. And um, what, I think what really got me was when the guy tried to physically take my notes from me. Yes, that's what I said. What to? I said, what? Are we fighting? What? Give me them notes. I said, hey, bro, back up. Two feet. <laughs> what are we? I mean, he was out of control. It was the whole place is out of control. So I told him, I said, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do one more night because I want to be, just not be, yeah. It's like, it was really amazing. And I remember, I remember thinking, okay, so what, why do I have to stay in this? Why should I authorize them? Why? why? I, I mean, there, there are moments in life when you, when you, if you're not careful, you think God has to let you have certain people in your life and have certain opportunities. I come here on time. I, I, do, I dress the best I can. I prepare the best I can because I don't have to be the pastor of this church. There is a policy. There is a, they do have the power to fire me. You may not think so. Fire Pastor Rick. The reason I wanted it to be that way, because I don't want to be a dictator. I have to meet certain qualifications. I made it so that I have to be authorized. My salary is set. I don't set it. I'm not author I am not authorized to make certain decisions. I have a lot of authority, but I'm clear that you can abuse that authority and lose your authorization. Come on, say amen, somebody, if you're hearing me. 
Here's what he said. I'm not going to just, you don't just get this. You think because you're a Christian and you pray, you can just get on the altar and fall down and pray and just get what you want, and you don't have to meet any qualifications. You don't have to, you don't have, to have any standards. Your children don't have to like you. You earn that. You earn, you earn the right to have that job. They can take your badge. That school can put you out. They can, I mean, I live, and I think this is healthy for me, with an awareness that everything is not for me. I have to earn. Jesus told those disciples, this is not mine to give you. Say it with me, please. Come on. Can't just give it to you guys. They were faithful. They were faithful to the end. They stayed with Jesus, but he says, you can't have it because you are fill in the blanks. And a lot of people don't understand that. I have a dream for myself. I have a dream. I'm dreaming again. But I also understand that if I'm dreaming again, I need to be authorized, qualified. I need to earn your respect. I want this church to grow, so I have to be a good steward of the money, the people, the time, the volunteers, the 400 volunteers who volunteer here. I have to be a good steward of the 3,500 plus people who are members here. I need to be a good steward of the facilities, of the, gra- of the grass. Of ev- I'm a, I need to be a good steward. I want the Lord to look at me and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over this, now I'm going to give you that. In this moment, you need to back the train up just a little bit and ask yourself, Am I qualified or authorized? And then do I understand what is the true cost of my dreams? Thirdly, (laughs) why are some people confused about their dreams? Three questions that can bring clarity. Number one, what are you not qualified or authorized to do? Number two, what is the true cost of your dreams? And number three, why are some people confused about their dreams? There are three reasons. You ready? Say with me, please. Ignorance, exposure, and vision. Say it again. Come on. Say ignorance. Exposure and vision. The word breath is interesting because breath has to do with the, the, a broadness. The breadth of knowledge is too limited. They don't know enough. You are 10 books short. You watch too much TV. You spend too much time online. You know more about Facebook than you do about your career. Ignorance. I'm not against those things. I'm making a point. I love to always say, it's one of my favorite things to say, you like to watch a bunch of millionaires on television and you are a hundredaire. I'm not against it. I like those hallmark, those little hallmark things. I love those, man, because it's the same story all the time. I know around 20 minutes till she's going to do something crazy. Something's going to happen. Then, you know, <laughs> you just know what's going on. Then you wait for the big kiss at the end. Then, it's all, then another one come right on there right after it. And you sit there and watch four or five of them if you ain't careful. And you already know what's going to happen. She's going to meet him. You, you just, it's just amazing. Same story. But what's amazing, I always look up the main characters. I'm a big student of, of people. I, I like theater. I like movies. I like all that stuff. And so I, I, I go look them up. I look up their names. I look up where they work. I look at their kids. I look at their family. That's my little geeky thing I do. The average salary that I've estimated so far of the main characters, the ones who are like the star star people that you see on all the different hallmarks, is $5 million. That's their net worth. 
You're a hundredaire. <laughs> watching a bunch of millionaires. I'm not against it. I'm just simply saying. Today you're going to watch some football players. Millionaires, you're a hundredaire. I'm not against it. I'm simply saying at some point, they, they don't watch as much TV as you do. I don't want to be the most uninformed person. I want to broaden my knowledge. The breadth of my knowledge needs to improve in my profession, in my skill, in what I'm trying to do, in ministering, preaching, whatever I'm doing. I need to be better at it. Secondly, exposure. You've just not seen enough or experienced enough to get to where you want to dream, to get to your dream. You've, you've got to have more exposure. And thirdly, you've got to have vision. I love this idea of seeing around the corner. That's what vision is. Vision is looking at something and saying, that's amazing. When Bill Gates was talked to about DOS and nobody, they didn't want to pay attention to what DOS was, he said, you don't want that? Somebody offered it to him. You don't want that? Oh, I'll take that. He took it and made an empire out of it. Can you see around the corner? They fired the guy at Apple. What's his name? Steve Jobs. They fired him. The board did. And they called him back and hired him. You know Why? Because he could see around the corner. And after he came back, you had the iPod, you had the iPhone, you had the iPad, all that because he could see around the corner. That's what you pay people for. Sometimes you're praying and the Lord says, you know, I really want to bless you. But can you see? Are you willing to allow me to expose you? You want to be in a place that doesn't broaden your mind. You want to stay in this one little habit, this, this lifestyle habit you've got. I can't, I can't bless you. You watch too much TV. You're, you're too many. Just, come on with your own list. You know what, you, you know what it is. I, wanna, I want to give you the dream. But the question is overcome by faith. Are you willing to do what it takes to get there? Are you willing to give, sacrifice, work hard, learn, sit still, take notes, If you don't, you're being naive. And that's what I'll talk about next week. We cannot be naive. You know what's hard? It's hard. I saw, it's hard to watch a person. I saw them, this guy, he was sitting in an ambulance. They were carrying him out of the store and he was holding his chest. And he like he was in writhing pain. And I, um, I stood there. I prayed for him, you know, and I saw him bringing him out of this place. And I prayed for him. And it came to my mind, is this a harvest? Did you know that you were not taking care of yourself and you ignored it all this time? You were, is he being, was he naive? Did he, did he assume, oh, this can't happen to me? But now harvest day is here. Are, are you the kind of person who's ignoring what's obvious? Your body's telling you. The tension around you is telling you. But you're not paying any attention. And here's what you're doing. You're just coasting forward. And I want to say this, and I'm really going to end this. And in fact, stand on your feet to help me get finished. Give me some going home. I need, I need to, well, I'll just, I'll just hum myself. <laughs> Here's the deal. If you're not careful, you will assume something. 
that's unhealthy. You will assume that somehow it can't be you. And that is a huge mistake. Lift your hand with me and let's pray. Father, we leave today thanking you for this opportunity, asking you to bless and lift our hearts to a new place. We pray in Jesus' name that your hand would touch us in Jesus' name. Give us grace and healing in our hearts. There are people in this room who have heard a message that speaks to them, and they need to pause for a minute and say, I have been working alone. I have been confused, and I'm maybe being a little naive, but I want God to help me see today. And I'll leave this room today knowing better, thinking better, and being better. Father, I give you all the glory, and I give you all the praise for your healing touch in my life and for the power of your word, the power of your ability, your power and ability to make my life better. With every hand down and every head closed, every head bowed for a moment, you may be a good person. You've done your best, or maybe you feel like I haven't been a good person, wherever you are. And you'd say, Pastor, as we leave, I want you to pray for me. I, I need God's help, and I need God's presence in my life. And I just want you to pray for me before I leave. With every head bowed, every eye closed for privacy. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I need you to pray for me about my walk with God because I have not been serving him. And I, or I've been trying, but I just feel like I'm just not where I need to be. And I, I don't even know how to define where I am. But I want you to pray for me. And may this be the beginning of a new opportunity to walk with God in a new way. With every head bowed, every eye closed for privacy, would you raise your hand if you say, that's you. I see you see you. I see others. God bless you. Anybody else? Say, Pastor, pray for me. You can put your hand down if you like. Father, I pray for those who raised their hands today and some who raised their hearts both here and at home. Let this be a moment of, of healing for them, a moment of renewal and revival. I pray the Holy Spirit would give strength and grace. Heal their hearts today. Prosper their vision today. Let them see around the corner. They need God in their life. They don't just need a job. They don't just need to have a husband or a wife or to prosper in business. They need a spiritual connection with you. And so we leave today trusting you today, looking forward to your, your help as we dream again in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Well, I pray you enjoyed today's message. I pray that it lifted you up. You know, the Bible said the word of God can go down to the very marrow of the bone. It can reach into the very deep parts of your soul. And I hope you were blessed today. If you like the message, it helped you link it and send it to a friend. I really appreciate you being with us today. And I pray that God will use this word to bless you and many others. You have a blessed day. God bless.